What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. And thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive. My co-host Ricky is unable to be here tonight due to just, you know, it's not keeping well again, life getting in the way and stuff like that. So it's going to be another solo show. Apologies for that. You will also be able to tell from the, the sound quality that I've got the sort of thrown together hardware for tonight, my system's playing up again not the best of timing so with regards to Ricky and all that stuff I'm going to touch on something later on towards the end of the show until then however I'm going to chat a wee bit about wrestling and this last week has been this has been a week and a half let me say and I'm going to shock you all or some of you to announce that I have actually been tuning into All Elite Wrestling recently when I saw the advert for Pac versus Kenny Omega in an Ironman match on a Dynamite last week, that was a case of, right, I have to see that. I don't care about all the shit that gets talked about, about AEW. I don't care that I've said before, I'm going to just not bother watching it. That was a match that I had to see. And thoroughly enjoyed the match itself. Psychology be damned, mind you, but it was still good. I enjoyed the the six-man tag match that was on that night as well. So I was still a wee bit undecided as to whether I would watch Revolution. Gladly I did, because obviously we've got some content for tonight. Ricky was unable to catch up on it. But um, my reasonings for checking out AEW Revolution were, basically, I wasn't that... (laughs) Angered is not the right word for how I felt about Super Showdown. I have felt a sort of active, an active disinterest, if there even is such a thing, with regards to Super Showdown, these Saudi shows. And the goings-on on Thursday night, I'd actually said privately to some friends about the rumoured AJ Styles and Undertaker match that I wasn't that gutted about it. Um, however, as it came to fruition at Super Showdown, I thought, mm, actually, I don't really care that much at all. And then obviously the big controversy regarding Willie G, Bill Goldberg himself, beating Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, to become your, ladies and gentlemen, your Universal Champion. I hope you all feel um, special about that. Now, now, the writing was on the wall with this one, as far as I'm concerned. I should have realised that at the time. You're in the Super Showdown lands, Saudiville. Um, some titles have changed hands recently, including the Universal title in the first place. Uh, you have had angles which have led to massive, massive programs and creative that end up taking you all the way up to WrestleMania. Here's looking at you, Shane and Miz. Not only that, 
You're coming up for WrestleMania season. Bill Goldberg has got a, a Universal title shot in February. Guess what happened in 2016? Bill Goldberg had a Universal title shot in February. Beat Kevin Owens just to sort of for Goldberg to be a transitional champ to get. <laughs> he is a transitional champ. Goldberg is a transitional champ, ladies and gents. Now, a transitional champ to get the title back onto a quote-unquote full-timer in the form of Brock Lesnar. Now, that's another conversation for another day. That, however, was not what irked me so. The shit that I witnessed, well, not witnessed, I just read it because my Smackdown is so far off my radar at the moment, it's not even funny. Um, Literally, the only thing that keeps me going at the moment is the stuff with Otis, but as usual, Dolph Ziggler, uh, as usual, WWE have done a, a big switch in bait and that has not really had a payoff yet. So, even that's sort of dwindling in, as far as my interest is concerned. John Cena comes down, cuts another self, um, quote-unquote selfless promo. Like, I'm all about giving opportunities to the new stars. And then he doesn't, because The Fiend, who historically has decided instead to attack people or get Bray Wyatt in his funhouse to sort of call them out. But no, Bray Wyatt breaks character completely and asks, please sir, may I have some more? By pointing at the WrestleMania sign and a sort of begging gesture to John Cena. John Cena is a man I've just got no time for. I'm done with him. For him to cut a promo like that and then just go back in his word, that's one of the biggest faux pas he's done in a long long time I wish he was done with it um, I've said my piece on John Cena before, I've said my piece on part timers before ok, a lot of people have said online that uh, The Fiend isn't ruined because although he's lost the Universal title he shouldn't have had it in the first place and he's in a, now in a programme with John Cena fine but it can still be damaging to your character if you're in a programme with John Cena. Look at look at the Miz. Uh, the last time he was in a sort of full time match, didn't really work out well with him. Bray Wyatt himself got destroyed a few times from John Cena. Rusev, a lot of them from WrestleMania recently have gone on to dwindle. So my interest in this is gone. AJ Undertaker gone. That's two full time matches out the way. Randy Orton and Edge. <sighs> Randy Orton's doing some good stuff at the moment. That promo that he cut on Monday night was quite sensational. I'm very sort of thrown and torn with this one still, so it's hard to really gauge where I stand with it. Um, Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. No thanks. Spearfest when, you know, Wolfgang and Angelo Dawkins have the best spears in the company. Congratulations, by the way, go to... Uh, your new Raw Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits. Very glad to hear that happen. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. I've not—I'm so out of the loop that I've not really been keeping up to date with what's going on. At Elimination Chamber. So just before I press record, I brought up the reports. You're talking about here: Natalia, Liv Morgan, Shayna Baszler, Asuka, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, in an Elimination Chamber match for the Raw Women's Title. You've got all of the Riot Squad in here, and you've got Natalia Baszler and Asuka. Can't wait for that one, that should be good. Braun Strowman 
Shinsuke Cesaro and Sami Zayn in an intercontinental handicap match for the uh, intercontinental championship handicap match three on one. I did check out the Symphony of Destruction match, which was excellent. That was organised chaos taken to the nth degree. Uh, you've, oh, this one's news to me. Um, an Elimination Chamber match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The Miz and Joe Moe versus The New Day, The Usos, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, <laughs> Hello Gentlemen, and Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Um, Street Profits versus Seth Rollins and Murphy good stuff I'm glad that these guys are getting on the card Alistair Black versus AJ Styles no DQ match that's enticing to say the least that is very enticing that could be the match of the night personally and Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo oh shit we're going to get a Carrillo title win here and that will be a sad day for all wrestling fans Um, I'm veering away from it the subject at hand basically what's going on and Smackdown especially I have got very little time for and it seems to be Smackdown that's got the matches that I have little care for in general so basically what I'm trying to say is I was so disheartened disengaged disenchanted with what happened in Super Showdown and Smackdown that I thought fuck it I'm going to wash that sour taste out of my mouth with a bit of AEW revolution so Went on to the trusty, um, got my wallet and bank card ready, put it back into my wallet and downloaded AEW Revolution illegally. Hats off to piracy. Swig a beer for the illegal man. Now, with AEW Revolution, I'm not going to keep calling it AEW Revolution. I'll just say Revolution. The intention was to have Caleb Baldwin on, since we had him on for the last AEW show, uh, and Ricky is a a regular viewer of AEW, so I thought, right, I'm going to try and kid on that I know what I'm talking about with this show. So I actually took some notes with this one, sat through the card, um, took some wee bullet points here and there, but lovely lovely news, uh, Tuesday, the 3rd of March 2020, my phone broke, overheated or something, uh, all the notes that I had on my phone are in that phone. So I'm going into this one blind, so I still have to kid on that I know what I'm talking about with regards to this pay-per-view. But I've got a rough idea. I'm just going to go through the card and basically discuss what I thought of each match. And the first match was Jake Hager. I need to be careful that I'm saying that correctly. Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. Um <sighs> I mean, your Dustin Rhodes hit out with a couple of his greatest hits throughout the match. They were all right. Got some cheap pops from the crowd. And obviously, if your second name's Rhodes, you're going to get some cheap pops from the crowd. But other than that, this match was pretty lacking. And I would not have put it as my curtain jerker. I wouldn't have started the show with... It's, maybe that's just being trained like a good WWE lapdog that I am. But I just wasn't into this match as a start. Very slow and plodding which is going to be a a phrase that I might use a few times throughout this mini-review of Revolution. Uh, I don't think the match had anything going for it, apart from Jake's kissing of... No, Dustin Rhodes kissing Jake Hager's wife, uh, getting some heat there. That sort of g'd things up a wee bit, but apart from that, there wasn't much going for it. I thought it was a bit bizarre how Dustin Rhodes can do the Shattered Dreams kick, 
without any implications from the referee. Yet when Jake Hager's about to do some sort of disqualifiable move, the referees say no, no, you can't do that. So there's not really much consistency there. I didn't really get it. And it just it was just a drab, drab match to be honest with you. Nothing really going for it. Second match of the night though. Um my first proper introduction to Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. This is something right out of Ricky's playbook where they started the match, I think almost every match started like this, where instead of the traditional collar and elbow tie-up, if you have a blood feud on your hands, you do not start a blood feud with a collar and elbow tie-up. And this started with Darby Allen suicide diving through the bottom rope, uh, a thing that I am I'm bigger, much, much of a fan of in comparison to the middle rope suicide dive, which has little to no impact from the majority of wrestlers that execute it. Um, skateboards were getting thrown about the place. There was a 6.30 onto a table. That was sensational. There was a stomp onto the apron. But overall, it was like... If there was any complaint that I would have had with this match, it would have been that the... We got about five minutes more from it. I was really taken from both performers. I think Sammy Guevara's excellent, really, to be honest with you. Now, if there was anything I would change about Darby Allen, I would probably take the skateboard away from him. Uh, I get that he's into skateboarding and all that stuff, but personally, it just doesn't seem to merge with the undead gimmick that thing that he's got going on. If he wants to do it, fine. He's obviously over. He's popular. He's got a sort of dynamic, urgent moveset that I'm a fan of, as you know by now. So I'm interested to see what Darby Allen has in store for his own future and Sammy Guevara. Obviously, the way things turned out with the Inner Circle on Saturday night. Uh, spoilers, they all lost as far as I'm... No, Jake Hager won, sorry. I'll just take that theory and throw it out the window, why don't I? But the match itself... Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen, very good, but I would have given it five more minutes because basically because I was enjoying it so much. And if I had to sort of chop and change, I would take five minutes from a match which I don't know if this will surprise you or not, but uh, Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Oof, I'm just not into Orange Cassidy at all. Okay, you've got a bit of comedy. You've got the sauntering about the ring like a, a cool dude and then he sort of explodes with some work rate offence and tornado DDTs and suicide dives and all that stuff. But And I thought, when I was thinking about this, I thought of the match between fan Breeze Angle and the Usos where Tyler Breeze dressed up as an old woman and a janitor. Aye, that was good fun. It was once in a while though. That caught them off guard and it was just, it's not been repeated Orange Cassidy, you know what you're getting with him. Pac should have dealt with him in minutes. Yes, there was a story told in that one where Orange Cassidy was pushed to his limits of coolness and apathy, King of Sloth style, and then he sort of exploded, but it just went on far too long. Realistically, I mean, Pac destroyed Kenny Omega at this Iron Man match. That was the psycholo psychology issue I had with it, that... Pack was in charge of that Ironman match for the vast majority of it. Brainbusters off the top rope, suplexes onto the floor, a rings of Saturn for four minutes plus, maybe, that took them into sudden death, and then all of a sudden, it just gets beat quite quickly. 
now if you're talking about wrestlers who are protected you think of names like Roman Reigns well I think of names like Ken- Kenny Omega and I will touch on that in a wee while um, but the pack Orange Cassidy match I could have done with a good 5-10 minutes off that I'd, I'll be honest I sort of phased out with it and just gave it a bye waiting for it to be over the other match which had we're talking about Kenny Omega there now Young Bucks versus Adam Hangman Page and Kenny Omega first and foremost let's get the positives out of the way match of the night for for sure for definites um, excellent high octane rapid fire tag team wrestling not a lot of psychology going on there but I can kind of give it a miss because you've got false finishes in matches uh, that shouldn't really have them but then you've got tag team wrestling where a false finish can happen as interference from either the person coming in to stop it or people pulling the referee out and all that stuff no issues with it I would be interested to know though if there's anyone who thought that this was the best match they've ever seen or at the very least the best tag team match they've ever seen when you had people kicking out of finishers Kenny Omega kicking out of his own finisher the double uh, golden shower or whatever it's called and kicking out at one I can't stand that shit I'm not a huge fan of people kicking out at one unless the uh, occasion really really calls for it and I don't think it was needed there the story going into it oh I I do really like what's going on between Kenny Omega and the hangman oh sorry I meant to say something else before I started off there so this is what happens when you're on your own Uh, I wonder if the same people who thought this was the best tag team match I've ever seen with all the false finishers and kickouts and just the modern wrestling that we've got today if they didn't like that sorry if they did like that and they didn't enjoy the NXT main event from TakeOver a couple of weeks ago with Champa and Cole because there wasn't that much of a difference to be honest with you and if you're going to argue back at me with semantics then I hope your arms aren't too sore from reaching and moving those goalposts all over the place because that was basically both matches were PWG matches and that's what we got and I loved it I loved the both matches Kenny Omega and Hangman Page great wee story being told there Hangman Page to me stands out as a star his music is sensational Like I could have listened to that that's the kind of music that you'd like to hear closing a pay-per-view so I would like to see Mr Page at some point in the um, future go for the AEW title at some point uh, the will, they, will he won't he do the screw job on Kenny Omega didn't seem as if it was going to happen then it did at some points even the the um, teased buckshot at the end after the match and then they just sort of said come on let's go really liked that the one issue that I have with this and I'm not sure please correct me if I'm wrong, please do but as far as I'm aware the fact that the Young Bucks Young Bucks, Kenny Omega Cody the fact that their EVPs is canon am I right in saying that that it is within the story that they are in charge of the certain division so the Young Bucks are in charge of the tag team division and it had the videos the hype vignettes before the the match Young Bucks were saying uh, when we envisioned having the best tag team wrestling scene uh, in professional wrestling 
we didn't envision not being the, tra- the first the champions like come on young bucks okay if you if you want to say I can't believe you're not the tag team champions but then in the same breath say we're, we're the bookers paraphrasing that's a pass for me I'm afraid don't say that shit this is why I can't be doing with the Young Bucks because they're just they're too they're too fourth wall for me um, the elite in general they're just too fourth wall especially the Young Bucks uh, Cody does it as well but fair play to Cody he's booked himself to be to be given this Jesus Christ complex uh, and everyone's lapping it up Cody's got fans wrapped around his thumb but with the Young Bucks it seems like they're going through a potential heel turn, heel turn perhaps uh, it seemed like they were the healer of the two teams I could maybe stomach it more if they were openly saying right we're taking the tag team titles and we are the bookers and this is how it's going to be I think it just it works better that way that people are in charge and they've got all the titles from a storyline perspective so the young bucks can go off and talk shit. Uh, I'll listen to them when it matches up with what they're actually doing. The match itself, though, was fantastic. Loved it. Hangman Page, you're my f- you're my best friend now. The match immediately following this match was the women's title match between oh, Chris Statlander and Nyla Rose. Now, obviously, if you're going to follow up the tag team match, which was one of the contenders for match of the year, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a struggle. And it, did, it didn't really start out as a struggle because you had the, the elevated ramp helped them do some interesting spots out in the ramp area with a spear here and there. But this match, even though it was after an excellent match, it was, again, slow and plodding. Chris Statlander, I think, has got the build and the star power to become like a believable champion. But the issue with her is she's so tall She's so well built that she should have a, an impactful offense. But there's been, I can forgive a fresh air swipe more often than not. But there's been so there were so many in that match that she didn't connect with. I thought, what's the point? Just lay in a bit more. Give us something like a couple of insecurities didn't land. A couple of the sort of forearm smashes didn't land. Like you need to need to lay them in for me to understand. Like I get you want to be safe. And I don't want it to be too strong style where it looks as if they're killing each other. But if you want me to believe that you're a credible champion, a credible professional wrestler, at least have a better success rate with your hits. Nyla Rose, she is not convincing to me as a champion purely because, not even it's the slow and plodding thing, she's got, she hasn't got a lot of gas in her tank. She looked gassed early doors she was blown out her arse basically and um, the powerbomb at the end looked really dangerous as if she'd almost tripped out of it to do the powerbomb and I, th- and I was watching it actually thinking to myself oh my we're about to see a fucking big injury here it was just so uh, poorly executed uh, bad bad match to be honest a couple of spears were alright but the rest weren't that great the match that they had on Dynamite the Wednesday prior, it was a fatal four-way between Big Swole and some other wrestlers who I'm not even going to pretend to know that Kazawaka, 
Uh, I don't know their names right now. Like I say, I've only started watching, so forgive me please for not remembering some of these names. Uh, I did enjoy that match. It was a bit spotty. No, I don't mean spotty as in spot monkey. I mean it was just a bit spotty and a bit erratic. Uh, but it was a hell of a lot better than the Women's Championship match. And I know Nyla Rose has only just been christened with that title, but she needs to up her game. She needs to get some cardio going because AEW is all about the work rate. And she has not got it. She's not got the tank. I don't know who else there is in terms of wrestlers uh, who can credibly challenge her. Statlander doesn't look credible to me because of all the sort of weak weak impact that she's got. I don't know who's waiting in the wings. And as far as I'm aware, a sort of general disdain for the women's division in AEW exists anyway. So it's like I've not really got much to go on with that one. <sighs> what was next? It was the... Oh, Cody. Cody and MJF. Now, I get the story going into it was good, but... And Cody is over. He is over like Rover. He is... Many have said he's the best babyface in the business night right now. He's been cutting the best promos in decades. He had the best match in decades with Dustin Rhodes. Um, he's a saviour. He took the lashes for himself. Yes, Cody did do all that, but let's not beat around the bush here, beat about the bush. It's easy to get yourself over if you hold a pen and paper. It really is. And for him to receive all this sympathy he, that he has had since basically, well, I don't know when it was, but when MGF screwed him out of the title match against Jericho, he's had so much set against him, they the lashes, uh, his brother. I can't remember. See, this is where context would help. But Cody's booked himself to look like a Jesus, and it's pretty transparent. And if you're a big Cody mark, fair enough. As I said earlier, he's doing his job and he's doing it well. I can't, I cannot take that away from him. But it's quite funny to see um, how people are so invested in him when he's basically got the pen and paper himself. This actual match, Cody's not that innovative in the ring and MJF isn't that great in the ring either from what I saw. From the matches I have seen from Cody, those being the match with Nick Aldis and Dustin Rhodes, he does like his bells and whistles, his uh, smoke and mirrors, pun well and truly intended. He does enjoy his smoke and mirrors. So there is that. Um the problem with this specific match though was that the bells and whistles weren't really that good uh, the sort of uh, what do you call it, the brogue kick basically that Cody did uh, when Wardlow moved out the way and Cody kicked Arn Anderson instead I think it was Wardlow, I can't remember but he kicked Arn Anderson, that was pretty muddy and I don't have a clue why MGF was busted open at all never mind so so profusely MJF disappeared came back with blood streaming down his face and I was trying to like I was racking my brain thinking right what happened was that a suicide dive was that it and if that's the case how does that merit such a blade job so all the play, the bells and whistles surrounding it weren't weren't that fantastic and obviously with them not having the greatest of chemistry 
Cody not being the greatest of wrestlers, if you're looking for work rate and all that stuff, this match wasn't that great for me. And crowd didn't seem that the crowd were a lot more invested in other matches so for Cody to have all this heat on on his behalf these last few months and then for the crowd to sort of just casually simmer along with it don't know did they not enjoy it either was it not a big deal and MJF with the win at the end for Cody to go on and get even more sympathy uh, heat, sympathy heat on his behalf it's one of those ones where I can't help but compare it if the, to WWE. I mean, Cody himself said this will be our WrestleMania, this revolution. So if you've got the big payoff, uh, you've got a wrestler who's been getting attacked so often, so much babyface sympathy behind him, and then he loses at one of their big shows, people would be calling for heads And if that happened in WWE. But it's Cody, he's allowed to do what he wants, so that's fine. Again, Hats off to him. He's he's doing very well. But I just wish people would have the same sort of energy. I don't really know the proper word for it. The same energy of disdain or outrage. If one of the baby faces in WWE was kicked out uh, or beaten at one of their big shows, if they would be as patient as they are with Cody's. Uh, with regards to Cody's tattoo, I didn't know this was a new thing on Cody's neck I just thought it was a tattoo that I hadn't seen before so it's ugly as all sin but um, okay do what you want at least it took a bit of shine off Jack Gallagher I saw an awful take on Twitter saying uh, this is WWE's fault that Jack Gallagher got the tattoo called it a depression tattoo but listen you don't know why Jack Gallagher did that fair enough he might not be happy with his place in the company but you know what it's like? These wrestlers have to jump through hoops to get a tattoo uh, with their action figures and the super card. Like, basically, all images need to be changed now for Jack Gallagher, so it's not as if this was a, a, a snapshot decision. They thought it through. WWE thought it through as well. I don't know why Cody did it. He got his own brand on there. Imagine doing that. Imagine that's like me. That's like me getting a, a logo of the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show tattooed on my neck. Think it like that. Would I do that? Well, no, because I wouldn't get a tattoo anyway. I'm not. I'm not against tattoos. I'm just not for them on my own skin. Um, but in terms of the shock factor, it didn't happen with me because I just thought it was a tattoo I'd had for a while anyway. I might be wrong. I might have missed out a match or two. I can't tell you off the top of my head. But the only other match on the show was uh, John Moxley versus Chris Jericho. And it was alright. It's what you would expect from a Chris Jericho match in the twilight of his career. It's what you would expect from a John Moxley who's not much different from the Dean Ambrose. But um, <laughs> I'll not go down that road again. That's just going to get me some hate because I posted a column about it a few weeks ago. And some folk were not happy, but kind of just have to deal with it. The the promo at the end from D- John Moxley talking about the we brought pro wrestling wrestling back. So listen, I'm trying to get on board with you, Moxley, but when you say shit like this, bring pro wrestling back. What 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 exactly is pro wrestling? Because you've got an alien on your card. You've got 
a guy who's a sloth on your card. Like, it's just the same stuff that's going on in WWE. It's just done a bit differently. Um, people have been presented a bit better, perhaps, in some instances. And the the crowd lap it up anyway. It's not different for pro wrestling for WWE. WWE just decided to call it sports entertainment for branding purposes. It's really hard to get behind Moxley with the amount of times that he runs his mouth on WWE. If I was an interviewee of him and they kept asking about WWE, I would say, listen, I'm done talking about them. Can you ask me something else now, please? Like, for instance, what do you want to do about the future of AEW? But it keeps going on about WWE when he's not that much different now and it makes me think, why should I bother? If you're shitting on WWE so much but you're not that much different apart from some middle fingers or swear word and a fucking eye patch, why should I care? So I was a wee bit apathetic towards this match. Um, Jericho was good fun though. I do enjoy what I've seen from Jericho the last couple of weeks. His trademark of carrying the the camera and sort of moving it on to someone else. That's quite funny. The So the, the match itself was alright. The referee, I think her name's Aubrey Edwards, seems to be a bit of an attention seeker, which is fine if you want to give your referee's character, then fair enough. It was, I've got no issues with referees being characters, but it kind of distracted me from the match where she's jumping about the place and Ooh, ah, and all that stuff. So if if I'm wanting to concentrate on the match, I'd rather not have some zebra jumping up and down all over the place. That's what Nick Patrick was for, and Nick Patrick was there to be booed. We don't want to boo Aubrey Edwards, because as far as I'm aware, she's quite a, a liked figure. So I'm going to just double-check that I've not missed any of the matches, because I feel as if I have. So I know I kind of shot on him a few times there, but overall... Like, see, up until, I think it was the Darby Allen Sammy Guevara match, maybe the tag team match, I was enjoying myself. I was I, I was basically looking to not see, not think about WWE after the shit show that had been witnessed on Thursday and Friday. And then what did they do? They advertised a dynamite that's coming up in a few weeks called nothing, none other than um, Blood and Guts. The whole thing about Vincent Mann's call, um, conference calls, like, ah, we don't do the blood and guts here. And then they do the blood and guts. I've not got an issue with them doing a double cage match. Uh, it happens, but you, Cody, Tony, other EVPs involved, Brandy, you all reminded me about WWE that night, and that's on you. Calling it blood and guts. I was thoroughly invested in AEW Revolution up until that happened. I thought, arseholes, done it again. Keep the name out your mouth. Stop letting them live rent-free in your head. It's free real estate. You just made me think of WWE when I wasn't ready to. But there are some... I know I've shat on it for a while, but there are some positives going forward. There are, there really are. I didn't see any of the dark matches, so there is that. But Darby Allen. Sammy Guevara, both stars, really enjoyed that match. Five minutes that lasted. I'm just looking it up on Wikipedia just now. Only five minutes. That's crazy that that match was so short. I know you had the stuff beforehand, but it just it just felt as if it was going on a bit too... No, it didn't feel as if it was going on long enough. Uh, I like MJF 
in general. His wrestling is not that great. Cody needs to step away from the this entourage thing that he's got. Oh, by the way, two things. Cody's entrance music with the live band was absolutely hideous, like really bad. In contrast, Chris Jericho's entrance with the gospel choir singing Judas and Judas. Ah, what's it called again? The Judas song that Jericho has that was fantabulous. I actually sort of took off the headphones, pressed pause and said to the wife, come and listen to this. I know you've not heard this song before, but listen to this. And we were all overawed. Uh, and we sat round the computer and started crying. That's how good it was. Nudge, nudge. Um, what else? Adam Page, sensational. Really like him. Kenny Omega. Doesn't know how to spell psychology, but this whole thing with Kenny Omega and Adam Page is quite interesting. Pack's great. I don't see how like the Ken, the match with Kenny Omega on Wednesday night was excellent. The match with Orange Cassidy, not interested in it at all. I just don't, I just Orange Cassidy does my boxing. Simple as that. And one thing I do actually, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but the Dark Order thing does interest me. I'm um, just seeing their name up here on Wikipedia. I, I do like what I've seen of the small snippets of the Dark Order. Interesting to see what goes forward with that. So the pay-per-view itself was okay. Nothing more. It was helped along by matches two and three of the card, Darby Allen, Guevara and the tag team titles match. I thought they were absolutely outstanding, like top-notch material. So I would say it was an above-average pay-per-view purely because of those two matches. And there is enough, ladies and gentlemen, for me to be invested in. And I'm look- actually looking forward to seeing what Dynamite offers this week. Um, furthering the stories, I want to see what happens with Darby Allen. I want to see what goes on with Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Uh, and fair enough, John Mox was the champ. Not a decision I'm overly joy- overjoyed with, but it's sort of interesting, there's always a world title change, it's good to see what happens with that so I may have sort of um, cushioned or lessened the blow with regards to me not watching AEW anymore and that's thanks all to Pac and Kenny Omega with their Ironman match and it's also thanks to WWE for bringing Goldberg back to win a title and to bring Cena back to be a cunt again, yes John Cunt, that's what I'm going to start calling him from now on. Can't stand him. So, that was a bit all over the place. Apologies for that, but as I said, I did have notes. They were quite thorough, as far as bullet points can be thorough. When it comes to the stage of the episode, where in a solo show, they don't last much longer. Uh, I said at the start of the show that Ricky was unavailable this week, life got in the way. Well, in all honesty, there are several uh, unforeseen circumstances going on with Ricky at the moment. There's no need for me to go into what they are. It's just, as you know, his health wasn't great at the end of last year. And there's just a few things going on just now where he has come to the point where he has decided to take an indefinite leave from podcasting. Um, and an indefinite leave from basically being a public figure in the wrestling world in general, so you're talking Twitter, Facebook, even a few messenger groups and all that stuff. He's just got a lot on his plate, and I respect that. So shout out to Ricky. Hope th- things get all right with you in the very near future. 
Um, this all kind of happened yesterday and it was shit timing because this decision they made happened when my phone broke. So it's been a bit sort of up in the air until my phone's still only setting up the one that I got today. So with that in mind, I had a decision to make. We did the Ramadan last year where Ricky wasn't here for five or six weeks and it was a sort of mishmash of me doing solo shows and getting guests in. Behind the scenes, that was a bit stressful for myself. Uh, I think if I was to keep doing solo shows for the foreseeable with Ricky um, taking a, a sabbatical, I think the show would suffer. I don't think this has been a very good podcast tonight. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, also, just the sort of rigmarole of trying to get a new guest every week and the possibility that the said guest due to their own unforeseen circumstances can't make it um, so even the, so there's that the stresses of that and even with Ricky being out for a while no matter who we have on if it's me or if it's someone else it wouldn't actually be the Ricky and Clive wrestling show for the next wee while so with a sort of heavy heart but clear head we've both decided well I've decided that for from now, this episode onwards, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show will be on hiatus. Um, I can't say when we'll be back. It's not fair to say we'll give it a few weeks and we'll be back. It could be, if you never know, it could even be fucking next week. It could be tomorrow, but it might be a while. Um, I'm struggling to find the words to sort of say it properly. I don't want this to be a goodbye because it's not a goodbye. It's just we're both both get different reasons for why we're not coming back onto the podcast for a while. I've spoken to Jeremy privately. Shout out to Jeremy for being such a great guy about all this. But just for the foreseeable future, this will be the last Ricky and Clive show going forward. Um, if we do come back, we might change things up, change format. Um, maybe when you least expect it. I know I'm rabbiting on now. I will still be present on Twitter, still talking shit, still retweeting, still predicting TV title changes. Um, I will still also be doing the Lords of Pain columns. I should actually say that that's now WrestlingHeadlines.com. So LordsOfPain.com has changed to WrestlingHeadlines.com. I'll still be doing the brand extension columns and I actually have one up this week. It's going to be called, hopefully you'll check it out, Can Drew McIntyre Really Be The Chosen One? Uh, so I just going into a bit of detail about Drew McIntyre there so Lords of Pain Wrestling Headlines whatever you want to call it those columns will still be ongoing and I will still be a, a public figure so to speak with regards to Twitter not so much Facebook because that's a shit show anyway I'll still be on Twitter if you want to reach out until my phone's sorted as well I might not have much access to Twitter so if you want to reach out you can if you don't want to that's fine so don't know as you can hear, I'm sort of, I'm not emotional, I'm just a bit unsure of how to approach this subject, but I think I've approached it as much as I can and as best as I can, because we know that talking is not my strong point, as we, I finally admit it, 150 odd episodes into the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. If and when we return, until we return, I want to thank everyone, I'm not going through names, we'll be here all night, you know who you are, thanks for all your support. Thanks for buying stuff, 
Thanks for retweeting. Thanks for all the shit that you've done in support of the rest, Ricky and Clive wrestling show. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be back bigger and better than ever. Uh, and I'm sorry to you guys f- who have supported us in all the ways, shapes and forms that you have. It's just at this moment in time, just need a breather from it all. Um, just for a variety of reasons. Sorry, I'm very, um, I am very sorry to end things on a sour note. I've not even got a joke lined up for you this week to sort of bring it back, which is even more devastating, I'm sure you'll all agree. But with that, uh, going to bring the show to a halt now. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the fact that I've become a traitor and I've started watching AEW Revolution. Um, once again, shout out to Ricky. I'll speak to you soon, brother. And to the rest of you, thanks for listening. For now, we'll speak to you at some point down the road. Cheers. No, wait, wait, sorry. <laughs> In typical fashion, I've forgot the bloody plugs. I can't end the podcast cut temporarily, in parenthesis, without doing some plugs. So we have been the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show. My God, this has went so far off the rails. It's not even funny. The Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. The other shows that you have are One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Get In The Ring, and All Things Elite. Um, we are. I'm going to take out the whole thing about buying a t-shirt from us, but head over to prowrestlingtees.net with the Social Suplex page, buy some t-shirts from the rest of the Social Suplex guys. Um, the socialsuplex.com has all the podcasts and the columns that we do press the subscribe button and they'll all be sent directly to your email inbox the other guys have donate buttons so head over to their sites the podcasts that I talked about press their donate buttons and spread some love give them some money and make this all the hardware and the sort of behind the scenes stuff worthwhile please Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group is where you can find a lot of us talking about wrestling and we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and I'll still be at some point present on Twitter so that's it, I am actually signing off now so time to go bye bye no, you hang up, no, you you hang up, no you hang up thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive wrestling podcast we'll see you next time